Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We are so happy you're here. Today, Pastor CJ starts a new series called Missing Peace. God created you in His image for His glory and for His service with no missing pieces. As we all join together, we make His image known to our church and to our communities. You don't want to be the missing piece, do you? We hope you enjoy this message. I thank the Lord for that. If you have your sermon notes, please take them out. Let's get into the Word today. Um, I'll tell you, God is so good. I'm excited about this new series. This is part one of our new series today that we're getting ready to talk about. Um, this is, the, like I said, the introduction to where we're going to the next few weeks. And so uh, I want to talk to you today about the missing piece, and that's you. Amen. The missing piece, and that's you. Uh, how many of you have ever put together, obviously you can see the puzzle pieces up there that Jeremiah, my wife, and Josh, and, and uh, even, uh, is, is she here today? Where's, uh, your wife here today? She cut them all out. She was working way late at night. Uh, Linda Kinch, is Linda here? Linda, 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 she is way back in the corner hiding. Linda, while she works 11 to 7 at night, she cut all those out while she was working. Can you believe that? So thank you, Linda, for all your work back there. Amen. And she cut them all out. And so thank you for your hard work. Thank you for that. I, hey, uh, I don't know about you if you've seen on Facebook. I, I, I have to tell you, there really is fish around here. Amen. This, this guy, I kid you not, this dude is probably... The, the the best fisherman I've always saw. Really, I kid you not. I he he showed me the techniques, and we went to Lake Doctor, and we caught these fish. I kid you not. Lake Doctor, we doctored the fish. Amen. And I caught a, a northern, probably what forty inches, almost. And we caught how how, how much did our bass weigh? We had our best seven went for almost twenty two pounds, just over twenty two, twenty two point oh five. They, they, were, they were beasts, and I'm telling you, Monty, I, I believe there's, there's fish out there now. The only fish I don't believe in is a walleye, and so until I catch a walleye, I don't believe in them, amen. Just even let me catch a minnow of walleye, I don't care, just let me catch one, amen. But I don't believe in walleyes because, I, 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 this is no kidding, if you're a fisherman, I won't eat a walleye, I won't even ask for walleye until I catch a walleye, because I don't believe in walleye, just, they don't happen. We went to the Oak Ridge yesterday, we went four-wheeling yesterday, my brother's back in the back, we went four-wheeling yesterday, and in Oak Ridge, if you ever go there, they have the stringer of walleyes, five of these walleyes, the biggest walleyes you ever saw in your life, right? And so my, my, my niece is here, and her husband David, and they were showing, hey, Pastor CJ, look at this, these walleye here, and I said, I don't believe in them. They said, well, they're walleye. I don't believe in it. I, they're, they're wall- I, don't, I don't believe in it. So I don't believe in walleye, amen, until I catch one, Chris. Then I'll believe it, amen? Amen. All right, so today let's talk about missing pieces. How many of you have ever put together a puzzle? My wife uh, with women's ministry, she used to do these things at our house, and she had these puzzle tables all set up at our house, and all the ladies would come over, and they'd bring their favorite puzzles, and they would all work together four at a time, and they would work together on these tables and put these puzzles together, and they would, man, work all through the night, taking all this time, putting the puzzles together, and they get down to the last end of the puzzle, and once you know it, when you're at the end of the puzzle, you find out you're missing pieces. And you ever notice when you're missing pieces with the puzzle, you can have 99.9% of the puzzle done and completed, but because there's maybe one or two pieces gone from the puzzle or from the picture, where's your eye always go to? It always goes to the place where there's no piece there, right? You can see the whole picture, but it's always directed to that one place where the piece is missing. How many know what I'm talking about? And then when you get it all done, you're like, man, Man, the kids must have got into my puzzle. The kids messed it up. And then you blame it on the dog. And then you do this, everything but you. And then after you put the puzzle away, after you put it away and you're cleaning the floors and one another, you look under the couch and there it is, right? How many know what I'm talking about? You know that, how many know that God says that we are part of the plan or the puzzle of life for God, amen? That we are part of the puzzle that God has joined each and every one of us together to make the picture complete for his glory 
glory for his honor. That God desires that we all fit together and do the work of the Lord. I love watching basketball, especially the Golden State Warriors. And they their slogan is, is that there's power or strength in numbers. And how many of you know that there's truly strength in numbers? Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. But the Bible says where two or three agree, it shall be what? Done. And so how many of you know that when we all come together, there's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God? Amen? I, I love that. Where two or three are gathered, there he is. If two can be, uh, chase, one can chase 1,000 to flight, two can chase 10,000 to flight. Can you imagine when we all work together for the glory of God? But God says this, we were created by God in his image. I want you to get that. In his image. If you ever have a low self-esteem, you need to remind yourself that, no, you're not junk. You're not a second-hand person. You're not second thought of God. You are created in the very image of God that when people look at you, they shouldn't see you, but they should see the God in you. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God doesn't make junk. He makes the best. Take Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, I am the best. Come on. Tap your neighbor. I am the best. You are the best. You're not from second hand. Look at that, man. Everybody's smiling around here. Amen. I am the best. You ask the wife and you say, yeah, my husband is the best. Amen. But you are created in the image of God. Look at this. In it for his glory so that you shine his glory and for the service who is missing pieces. And that, that's what you were created. You were created in the image of God that you are the best. God doesn't make junk. He makes the best. I don't know about you, but, man, uh, my, uh, my, uh, my brother and I, we were driving yesterday, and then we have a, a Polaris, and then we have a Can-Am. And my brother has the Polaris, and he got on my Can-Am, and he says, man, this Can-Am feels like you're driving a Cadillac. How many of you know that from a Polaris to a, Cadillac, a Can-Am, it's a little difference? But you know what? Let me tell you something. You are a Cadillac today. You are the best with God. And God has formed you, made you, created you in his very image for a purpose. You know that the, the depression, since 1999, I want you to get this. Since 1999, depression has really skyrocketed. But not only has depression skyrocketed, but in since 1999, 27% has increased of suicide. Suicide has increased since 1999, 27%. And they equate that purpose of why people are committing suicide is because they have no purpose or no meaning or direction or plan in life. And so because they have no plan or purpose or direction in life, what's happening is they're getting discouraged, they get defeated, they get upset, they get bothered because they feel like, what am I good for? I'm worthless, I have no plan, I have no vision, I have no purpose in life. But when you accept Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, and you become born again, new in Him, God puts a new plan and a new purpose in your life. And that plan and that purpose that God puts in your life is to begin to walk out His glory and to walk out His service for Him. And when you do that, then you begin to shine the image of Christ in your life. People always say to me, Pastor, how can people really see Jesus in you? How can people really see Jesus? Oh, I'm a Christian. I profess to be a Christian. I say it with my mouth that I'm a Christian. But how can really people know and sense and feel that I'm a Christian? You know that you are a Christian by your love. By your love. And out of your love, you're going to do acts of kindness. You're going to do things that demonstrate the image or the likeness of God. How many know that's true? Amen? Now, if you have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen. In Genesis chapter 1, Verse 26, I love what Jesus is saying here. This is so cool. He just got them created in the heavens and the earth. He created the animals, the fish, and all these things. He set in the boundary, the boundary waters, and set the place, all these things. And then look at this in this, chapter, in this verse. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. That's you. That God created mankind in his image or in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish that he created in the sea and the birds of the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. But you notice what Jesus said? Let us make mankind, that's you and I. You know, sometimes we can get lost in the crowd and we just think that we're just a number. One of the things here about Adventure Church, 
You're not just a number. You are a person who has a heartbeat, who has a soul, who is loved by this pastor and this wife and his pastor's wife. We love you. You're not a number. You're not just a pew warmer. You're not just one here to just visit the church. You're a part of this family when you enter these doors because we love you just as you are. Amen. Somebody say amen. That's the facts. That's the facts. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. That's who you are. You see, so listen to this. If you have your notes, God created us to be more like him than anything else he made. Do you know that? More like him than anything else he made. You know, I lived in Colorado, and man, every morning you get up and you love to watch the sunsets because I lived in a fishbowl. I'm not kidding you. We lived actually in a fishbowl. If you bend the Grand Junction, Colorado, all around you, there's there's mountains. So you are like an ant in a fishbowl. So you have the, the, Grand, the, the Grand Mesa, you have the, 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 uh, the uh, book cliffs, and you have the Grand Mesa. So where you ever see that Jeep commercial where the Jeep commercial is on that, that mountain and it's just hanging? That's where Grand Junction is. And so all around you, you have mountains. But in the morning time when the sun sets comes up, it was always different. Lisa, it was beautiful. It was unbelievable. And you see the beauty of God's creation. You see the mountains. You see the sunset. You see all these different things. And you think, man, that is just awesome. But even though what you see you think is beautiful, God created you even better than that. That you are created even far greater than that. If you looked on Facebook this morning, Linda, who's now at an auction today, but one of the things she did early this morning, she took a picture of the sunset. And her caption was, look how beautiful the sunset is today. And I looked at that picture and I thought to myself, wow, she thinks that's beautiful. But I look at you today, Sue, and I think, wow, look how beautiful you are. You are created fearfully and wonderfully, most of all, in the image of God. And here's the great thing. When God, Terry, created you, he took his time on you. Think about that. He took his time on you. He just didn't, man, just create you. He created you with a thought. And that thought was, I'm going to create you in the very image of myself. So when you think low of yourself and your self-esteem is down and you feel depressed or discouraged, remind yourself, who are you created like? You are created like the creator. That's Jesus. God created you. He said, listen to this. God created you to be more like him than anything else. He never declared, to get this, he never declared, let me make oceans in my image. Isn't that right? He didn't say, let me make oceans in my image or birds in my likeness. He didn't create, say that. He said he created you in his likeness, not birds, not oceans. The heavens above reflect the glory of God, but they are not made in the image of God like you are. You are made in the image of God. How many of you know that's true? You are made in God's image. Here's a great story. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 3, you hear the story of Adam. Now watch this. This is so cool. I want you to get this. How many of you ever heard the cliche like father, like son? Amen? Like mother, like daughter. In other words, you take on the characteristics of your father, take on the characteristics of your mother. You begin to act out a lot of things that they do. A lot of you have the same professions that maybe your grandfather, your father, or your mother had in their lives. I know that all my kids have the same profession that I'm doing as a pastor. They followed suit in their father and in their mother. They are all pastors, and they followed in my suit like father, like son, like mother like daughter. I wonder how many of you really had the same profession that your parents had. How many can really say that? I know I can. Can anyone else say that? Can you say, like, can you say that? Look at that. There's hands here that say I followed suit of my father or my mother. And the reason why is because you take on the image or the character or the likeness of your father or your mother. And so here's what happens. He said when Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son. Oh, my Lord, can you imagine that? <laughs> Having a son at 130 years old, whoo, that would be in trouble for that. Amen? Had, whew, man. And so he had a son in his own likeness. Now, watch this. In his own likeness, his own image, and has named him Seth. So when you think about that, what made Seth looked like the same likeness of his dad. Was it his curly hair? Was it his nose? A lot of people are distinct that they can say they can always tell my kids. They can always tell my boys especially. You know why? 
by their nose. Amen. When the Lord was giving out noses, I thought he said roses, and I wanted the big red one. Amen. And uh, so how many of you know that's true? And so there's a distinct characteristic of my boys, and we all got the noses. When I was growing up, the kids thought it was a slide. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. But, you know, you take on the characteristics of your kids, or your kids take on the characteristics of you, the likeness of your mom or your dad. And it's the same way with you. Here's what Jesus said. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, Terry, and the old is gone and the new has come. When you get yourself involved with Jesus, what happens is the old nature, the old living, the old lifestyle is gone and has passed away, but now you take on the new image or the new new lifestyle, and you begin to walk out the steps of Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 6, that he who claims he lives in him must walk as Jesus did. Well, how did Jesus walk? Jesus walked with love. He walked with compassion. He walked with mercy. He walked with forgiveness. Even though when they struck him on one side, the Bible said, let him strike you on the other side. If you're walking with unforgiveness, let me ask you, are you really walking in the image of God? Because Jesus reflected forgiveness. He's shown forgiveness. He's shown mercy wherever he went. No matter who came against him and what was said about him, he always forgave. And the key is that you forgive as Christ has forgiven you. That is taking on the image of God. You see, listen, what made him different is he began to take on the characteristics of his father. But people always say, well, Pastor, how do I start taking on the characteristics of God? If you have your notes, here's what you do. You see, progressive work of God. How many of you know the Bible says in Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. And every one of us today are under construction, that God is perfecting us every day. He's working on us every day, and we're never going to be perfected until he comes to take us home. How many of you know that's true? Amen? That he's still working on us. A lot of us say, well, pastor, I'm not good enough to go to God. I'm not good enough for this. Well, that's all right. God's still working on you. Don't give up on him because he hasn't given up on you. He's still perfecting you. He's still working on you. And so you say, well, how do I start taking on the image of God? You see, it's a progressive work of God to shape us into his likeness or into his image. You ever take a thing of clay? And when you take a thing of clay, what do you do? You begin to mold it into a something or whether it be an animal or whatever, but you make that clay into something. In other words, you shape it. That's what God does to you. The, the Bible says that don't you know that he is the potter? Now get this. He is the potter. You are the clay. And what God does, he molds your life and he shapes you. And each time he shapes you, he makes you more in the image of God. So how it happens and how do I get on the potter's wheel and how do I go through this progressive work of God? Number one is this, your fellowship with God daily. You see, they say that if you're with a person daily, day in and day out. They even say like spouses take on the images of each other. They even start taking on the looks of each other because they're spending time with one another. They take on the characteristics. They, they can even finish the sentence of the person, their spouse, because they know each other like the back of their hand. How many of you ever had that happen? Your spouse can finish your sentence because they know what you're thinking because you have been in their presence. How many know that's true? And what happens is God begins to shape you when you're in the fellowship with God daily. You say, well, pastor, I don't have time to be in the fellowship of the Lord. You see, in Psalms 19, verse 14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation, here's the key, the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord of my rock and my redeemer. In other words, how do you be in fellowship with God daily? Have a keen, conscious awareness of God's presence wherever you're at. When you have a keen, conscious, aware of his presence daily, what that does, it keeps you in his fellowship. It keeps you in his presence. You see, when I used to work, man, in the foundry, and I worked at Racine Steel Casting, and that hot, molted steel, and all the dirty, grungy stuff, and I just got saved, and man, I wanted more of Jesus, but I had to drive the forklift, I had to take a sledgehammer, and knock all the sludge off, all those, those hot, molted steel castings, and what I do is I would always fix my mind on Jesus. The author 
author and the perfecter of my faith. So how you stay in fellowship with God is maybe meditating on him, thinking upon him. You see, what does a cow do? They say when a cow eats grass, it just doesn't eat it like you and I and have one stomach. It does what? It gurgitates it. It chews its cud three times. And finally, the third time, it just makes it, it pulverizes anything that it eats, right? And it gets everything out of the nutrients out of that grass. So it chews it, and then it grinds it, then it eats it. It just chews its cud three times or three phases to get it to a place where what? It gets every nutrient that it can out of that out of that that hay or that grass, isn't that correct? And that's the same way with us, that God, that's what meditating is. God, I'm going to meditate on you. I'm going to think upon you. I'm going to chew on you, Lord. I'm going to, man, 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 my thoughts on you. I'm going to keep my attention on you. That's keeping in the presence of God. Another one is read his word. Man, you know what? He says, listen, the Bible, you know what the Bible stands for? Be active, live longer. Bible, the basic uh, basic uh, instructions, that's what Bible stands for, basic instructions before leaving earth, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. You see, listen, if you want to have the instructions of your life, you want to know what way to walk therein, you need to read the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, that God, I need to apply the word of God to my life, it's the atlas to my life, and Lord, I need to read it to understand you. When I first became a Christian, I didn't know who this Jesus was. You ask my brother, he's in the back. Him and I used to sit at the Lutheran church up in the balcony at Christmas and Easter. I kid you not. This was our church, I promise you. He's right there, he'll tell you. We used to go to the Lutheran church at Christmas and Easter, and we always made sure we were in the front row of the balcony. That way we can see down. And so what we would do is our Jesus was counting people's hats. Remember this, Rick? We would count all the people's hats. Remember back in the day, ladies used to wear hats. And sometimes they were the craziest hats, the ugliest hats, and the prettiest hats. But they didn't care. All our Jesus was is finding who the prettiest hat was to the ugliest hat to the mini hats. And that was our Jesus. So when I got saved and went to North Central right off the bat, man, coming right out of the world and went right to North Central, I didn't know who this Jesus was. So how did I get to know him? I had to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If I was going to get to know this Jesus, I had to read the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so what did I do? I took my normal Bible, which I have here, along with my kid's Bible, and I would read my kid's Bible, and I would correlate it with my normal Bible, your adult Bible, and I would find out what this Jesus was. And the more I found out what this Jesus was, guess what was happening? I was becoming more like the image of him, taking on the characters. How can you be someone if you don't know someone? You see, another one, obeying his commandments. The Bible said it's better to obey than to sacrifice. You see, out of your obedience, you're going to be willing to sacrifice. But you have to obey. God, I will follow. I will give up those things that you want me to give up. I will be obedient. I will obey my, your call of my life. I will obey those things that you put in me, Lord. How many of you know it's hard to obey sometimes? Because God may call you to give up something. God may call you to do something. But, Lord, that's showing the image of God that I'm willing to lay it down and surrender for you. Another one is like fourth, is seek to understand and reflect his character. God, may I be more like you. Give me the mind of you. Am I going in? Am I going out? Let me seek to understand who you really are, who you really are. There's a lot of people in here today, and I, I, it's fun watching you. I'm a people watcher, and I know a lot of you are people watchers. And when you watch people, what is the first thing you want to do? You want to try to figure them out. You keep trying to figure me out. Don't worry, you never will. Amen. And, and the thing is, you, you try to figure each other out, right, Brett? And so what you do is you try to analyze them and, man, what did I do like this? And, this? And, and what you do is you try to, man, what makes them tick? What makes them do this? That's the same way with God, that God help me to understand who you are. I want to be more like you. And in order for me to be more like you, 
Help me to understand you in your going ins and your going outs. And that's how you start taking on the image of God. You know, I'm a coin collector. I love collecting coins. And it's so funny, uh, David back here, my, my, my niece's uh, husband, uh, we were at Oak Ridge, and he'd come up with these new coins, these quarters. And I got all the quarters, and I collect all the coins, whatever. It doesn't matter. But if you have coins, let me give you a secret or a nugget, okay? Don't ever, don't ever take your coins and try to clean them. Because if you take your coins and try to clean them, you ruin them for the value, okay? But when people try to clean their coins, the whole purpose of why they want to clean their coins is what? They want to see the face on the coin, correct? Or they want to see the date of the coin. Or they want to see the mint mark of the coin. Or they want to see the edges of the coin. So if you ever grade a coin, you grade a coin by the letters, the date mark, by all these things of how clear it is. But a lot of people, what happens is they want to take their coin and they clean them. Well, coins have oil in them. And so when you try to clean the coin, what it does, it tarnishes them. And when they tarnishes them, it, it decays the value or decays the letters on it or the mint mark on it so that it does but what happens is what the whole purpose of cleaning the coin is to do what to see the face to see the value to see it right do you know that you are a coin in God's eyes and the more that you take on the image of God you're cleaning the face to see who God is you're cleaning that face. You, God is becoming more visible to you. He's becoming more like you, and you becoming more like him. You're cleaning the face to become more visible to who he is. And that's what the whole purpose of why you clean a coin is, because I want to be more like Jesus. Listen, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it shows you those things about becoming more like God. Look at this. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self, I'm putting on the new self. I'm changing my clothes. I'm taking off the old and I'm bringing on the new. I'm becoming more like Christ. Christ's face on the coin is becoming more visible to me. I'm taking off the dirt. I'm taking off the stinking thinking. I'm taking off these things in my life to become more like him. Now watch this. He says this. He says, which is being renewed in knowledge, understanding, clarity of thought in the image of its creator. So what is the whole purpose of taking off the old and putting on the new? Is you're taking on the image of our creator. The image or the characteristics of who is God. You see, people can say, well, how do you know that I'm a Christian? They know that you are a Christian by your love, by your acts, by your character, by your words, by your deeds. They can find out who you are. Amen? So look at this. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Watch what he says here. And we all who with unveiled faces... Contemplate with the Lord's glory. Now, we are being transformed. Now, watch this. Being transformed into his image. How many of you know that God transforms us? Not this, hey, transformers more than meets the eye. Not that, okay? You're being transformed inward. God's is taking the old and he's transforming it into something like himself. How many want to be more like Jesus? Amen. I remember Keith Green. Remember Keith Green? Back, back in the day, man, he, pa he passed away. He was in a plane accident, and he had too many people in the plane. It was overweighted, and he died, and he had a plane accident. But, he, man, he was amazing. And he would sing a song, Creating me a clean heart, oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. Creating me a clean heart, oh, God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. But this, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And renew a right spirit within me you remember that and man i used to sing that song man created me a clean heart psalms 51 god creating me a clean heart in other words lord change me break me make me into the very image of you that people may see christ in me 
Amen? And so he says, listen, he's transforming us into this image and with ever-increasing glory. You see, the more he transforms you, guess what happens? The more his glory is shown in you. You see, when you empty out, he pours in. When he pours in, he pours new into you. And the more he pours into you, guess what? It begins to reflect the newness of Christ that is now in you. How many remember the first day you got saved? I'll tell you, when I first got saved, I was happy, happy, happy. I was jumping all over. I think I was, man, a million looms, man, when God came into my life. I was just transformed. I was changed. Man, I remember that day, and people knew and recognized that something was different about CJ when I gave my life to the Lord because they saw the image or the transformation in the character in me that was changed. And he says, into his ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Don't you, the Bible says, don't you know that God's Spirit lives in you? That you are the temple of God. That God's spirit lives in you. Why do you think that John the Baptist would always say, God, I decrease that you may increase in my life. Because John the Baptist wanted people not to see him, but see the image of Christ that lived in him. He wanted to die to self that God, that people see Christ in me. You see, listen, the Lord removes the old to bring in new. And not only for you, but for others to see. You see, you will only be satisfied when you engage, when you engage in your role as the image bearer of God. When you engage, missing piece is you. When you engage in your role with God. In Psalm 17, verse 15, I love what David says. He says these words, as for me, I will be vindicated and will see your face. He says, when I awake... I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. In other words, what are you saying? I will be vindicated? How many of you know, thank God that God forgives? Aren't you glad that God doesn't remember your past? He only remembers your, knows your future. You see, God says he blots out your sins and he remembers them no more. So every time, every time when the enemy brings up your past, you need to remind the enemy that God says he doesn't remember them anymore. So hit the road, Jack, and don't come back no more. Because, you know, that the enemy likes to remind you of your past. That's how, now I want to give you a key. Let me give you a nugget. People always say to me, Pastor, why is my faith always seem to be weakened? You know why your faith always seems to be weakened? Because the enemy will always attack your past to remind you what you did in the past to make you feel worthless, to make you feel useless, to make you feel unworthy. So what happens is he reminds you of your past to make you lose your, your faith. So you get discouraged and want to give up. So whenever you're reminded of your past, you need to remind him of his future. Amen? So you need to remind him. He said, listen, you and I were made by God to know him and to make him. Now, to get this, to know him and to make him known. To make him known. That's what Jesus wants us to be. It was 12 minus 1 that changed this world upside down. Disciples, amen? 12 minus, can you imagine when the church of Jesus Christ is not to know him and to make him known what we could do for our societies or our community around us if we make him known? Listen, people who look, to, uh, people who look at us and not see us, but they see the image of our maker in us. Wow. They see the maker of our image in us. Like, wow. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 14.2 that don't you know, Sue and Dan, that you're peculiar? Peculiar means different. That man, and look at Harlan's laughing. He's nodding his head. Yeah, Dan is different. Sue's different. Amen. How many of you know somebody different? Amen. Amen. A lot of people think I'm Tigger. Happy, happy, happy. Amen. But, but he makes us peculiar. Brian, he makes us different. That we're different from the norm, that we're, we're separated, we're called out from among them, that be separated and touch no unclean things, it says in Corinthians, right? So look at, so people, how can they know that we're different? How can they see us? In 1 Corinthians 12, and this is where we're going to lead into even next week, this is how people can know that we're different. Watch this. There are different kinds of gifts. How many like gifts? Amen. 
It was kind of cool. It was my birthday this last Thursday, and Mary Lou and Dell, she came and gave me a beautiful card. And man, I, I, all the compliments, man, I, my head is big right now. Amen. I mean, every inch of that card, inside and out and backwards, in between, even on the envelope. I love you, Pastor CJ and Cheryl. You're awesome. Thank you. And man, I'm, if my head is big, amen. Thank you, Jesus. It is. Amen. But she gave me this most beautiful card and beautiful gift. And you know what? It just it felt good. How many of you know that? Gifts are fun, amen? It is. It's, it, it shows appreciation that they appreciate you when they give you a gift or whatever it may be, right? Isn't that right? Well, that's the same way with God, that Terry God gives out gifts. But when God gives you a gift, it's usually for a purpose. How many of you ever have a gift that that gift is always a purpose, right? My kids always say to us, Dad, Mom, when you give us Christmas gifts, they're always practical gifts. Hey, man, if you need a ladder, I'm getting you a ladder, amen? But if you go into my kids' house, half the stuff that they have, thank you, Jesus, comes from mom and dad. And you know what? They're always using it. They didn't like it when they got it, but they love it now they have it, amen? But they got a practical gift, something that maybe they themselves wouldn't have brought, but thank God for mom and dad that gives practical gifts that they can use them in their life, Amen? And God may not give you gifts of resources or a million dollars, but he gives you gifts that may seem practical to you to help further the kingdom of God. And here's some of the gifts. They are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, the same spirit. How many know that God gives out gifts and distributes them to the same, by the same spirit? When my, son, my brother and I and my six sisters, when we were growing up, we were poor. Obviously, you know that we were very poor. And you know what we'd do? We would go to the Salvation Army every Christmas. Remember this, Rick? We would go to Salvation Army every Christmas. And you know what, Janet, was so cool? We would go there, and it, even though it was the Salvation Army, it had the same title. We all went there. But I got a different toy than my brother did. My sisters got a different toy than we did. Every one of us got a different toy. Man, but guess what it came from? It all came from the Salvation Army. And it's the same way with God, that he gives us gift, different gifts, but it all comes from the same place. Just like we went to Salvation Army, my six sisters and my brother, and we all got the gold pickle on the, the shelves there. felt like Walmart. And Penny, what we did is we walked along the shelves, and we had the age groups picked out. You could pick out from these shelves right here your age group. And I got a truck, and my brother got a car, and my sister got a whatever, a Dow. But it all came from the same place. And it's the same way with God. He says, listen, he distributes them the same spirit, distributes them. Now watch this. There are different kinds of service. Now, when you talk about gifts, there are two types of gifts. There's the service gifts, which these are. And then there's the power gifts. The power gifts are different from the service gifts. The power gifts are more upfront. They're more demonstrative. They may be the gift of healing. Maybe there's a gift of prophetic, whatever it may be. Those are the power gifts. But the service gifts sometimes are not as glamorous. They're the kind of behind-the-scene gifts, the ones that people maybe don't recognize but just take for granted when they show up for a service. Amen. They're the, the kind of behind-the-scenes things. The kids are going on right now, those that are working in the nursery, and, man, they're taking care of your kids and changing diapers or whatever else they do. But those are the service gifts. But a lot of times we like the power gifts because they're more flamboyant, right? But here is a lot of the service gifts. And it says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Lord. Once again, Salvation Army, same place of distributing the gifts, same way with God. It says this. There are different kinds of gifts of working, but in all of them and every one is the same God at work. Wow. So when God gives you a gift, we shouldn't think and say, oh, I wish I had this gift like they have. I wish I had that gift instead of my gift. And a lot of times we compare our gifts with other people's gifts. Instead of being thankful that God gave us a gift in the first place, what we do is we complain about the gift that God gives us. Because, man, I want to be like him and not her. I, man, I want that gift, not this gift. How many of you have ever done that before? Come on. Have you ever done that at Christmas, man? I had six sisters and a brother. We started fighting over gifts. I wanted that one. How did you get that? Come on. You can relate to what I'm talking about, right? And it's the same way when God distributes gifts. What happens with believers a lot of times, we don't like our gifts. And so in other words, when we don't like our gifts, what we do is we want to tell God that you made a mistake. Isn't that right? 
We want to tell God, God, you must have missed it. But God knows every hair on your head, and so he knows every need you need, right? So he distributes the gifts according to who he wills to give them to. So in other words, how many of us ever said this? When your kids ask you, why, Daddy? Why, Mom? And your response is, because. And they say, because why? And your response is, because I know what's best. <laughs> right? And look at it, he says, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but, the, them, uh, but all of them, and in every one is the same God at work. Now to each one is the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. Each gift is given for the common good. To one there is given through the same through the Spirit the message of wisdom. Lord, grant me wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge. Amen. By means of the same Spirit. To another, faith. By the same Spirit. Notice how he's always saying the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. By the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. And he says, to another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he now, get this now, and he distributes them to each one just as he. You ever get that? As he determines. Did you get that? So in other words, he knows what's best. Amen? So when you're arguing with God, God's saying, hey, I gave you what's best, but now you just need to find your way because I equipped you to do what's really who you are. And whenever you ever take a personality test, when Cheryl and I were working in Oklahoma City, when we were youth pastors there, we had to do all kinds of tests. The pastor was into that. We had to do a color analysis. How many of you ever do a color analysis? Amen? And color analysis is that you have to match your clothing to the color of your skin. And so mine was autumn. And so I had to wear a lot of browns and all that stuff. And I felt kind of drabby. And I just blew that out the window. Um, we, had, we, had to get, we, had, we had to get color. Can you imagine that? I had to sit under lights. They took these swabs and these things. And I said, man. But then they made us take a personality test. Then they make, made us take a gifting test. And some of the giftings and the personality, I thought, Jerry, that's not me. But you know what? After I really started thinking about it and ever start working it through, it actually really was me. Even though I didn't like it, but when I really settled in on it, it really was me. It really was. And I thought, wow. But that's the same way with God. He determines how he gives them out to you by your personality, by your makeup, by knowing who you are. He created you in the very image of himself. Could you imagine if every one of us were colognes? My lands, we'd be in trouble. You ever heard that old skit? Oh, we got trouble right here in River City. Amen. Every one of us having the same personality, the same clone, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work, right? You see, listen. The way that the image of Christ can be known to our communities is the church working in its giftings. Wow. I can tell you this. I am computer illiterate, totally computer illiterate. I am so far from computers. I thank God for you computer nerds. Amen? I don't know what else to call them, but is that what they call them? If that is offensive to you, I don't mean to be that, okay? That's what the... I, I am told, and I need you. Thank God for Tori that she helps me, and she puts together the website for Jeremiah, and he helps me. And Man, thank God for these people that help me do this. I know that that's my, not my gifting. So you know what I always say? Now get this, get this. you got to get this in your heart. There's no limit to what a man can do as long as he don't mind who gets the credit. You get that? There is no limit to what a man can do as long as he don't mind who gets the credit. So if you don't mind who gets the credit and they can work in that gift and you're not insecure and threatened, let them do it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen? And so I'm not threatened. I'm not insecure. I recognize my weaknesses and I work in my strength. And so many times what happens is you are working in your weaknesses trying to approve your weaknesses instead of focusing on your strength and pulling up your weaknesses. Your weaknesses are pulling down your strength because you're not working in your purpose. Right? So look at this. They say that talk is cheap and that action speaks louder than words. How many know that's true? Our world and our community will only know Jesus not just by our words, by what we do for him. 
Now watch this. In Romans 12, verse 6 through 8, and I need to hurry quickly. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Again, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then encourage. If it is giving, then give, right? Generously. If it is to, be, to lead, do it diligently. If it is to sow mercy, do it cheerfully. You see another part of the facet of the body of Christ. How many of you know that the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you? Or the eye can't say to the, to, the, to, the, to the knee, I don't need you? In other words, we all need each other. Our gifts are given together so that we can all function and accomplish the glory of God together. How many of you know that's true? Amen? This is, listen, the deal with giving out and letting your light shine, not just with words, but with deeds. That's why James 1, 22 and 25 says these words. Watch this. Do not merely listen to the word. How many of you know, not just let it go through one ear and out through the other. Don't just merely listen to it and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in the mirror and what? After looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Man, how many ever see people driving down the road? This is no kidding. When I was in the cities down in Burnsville, the true story. Man, there was a lady that had her visor down. I swear she was looking more in the mirror than she was looking out the windshield when she was driving. Man, she wanted to remember what she looked like. I kid you not. She was, and when she got to the stoplight, she was doing all this number. I think in one time she pulled out her lipstick when she was stopped. I mean, she was like, I got the whole world in my face. I mean, she was just on it. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, now watch what it says. This, this is not me saying this. you got to understand this. But doing it, now watch this. They will be blessed in what they do. You see, that's not me saying that. People forfeit the blessings of God because they're not operating or working in their giftings. They're trying to do something else other than what God has called them to do. And therefore, they're forfeiting or losing the blessings that God has for you. So many people are trying to be a round, uh, trying to put themselves a square peg in a round hole. And you're trying to force yourself. Jesus said, I open the doors that no one can shut, and I shut the doors that no one can open. So many of you are trying to open doors that God said, listen, I shut that door for a reason. I equipped you for that, and you're trying to be somebody else who you're not. If you walk in your function or in your purpose, you will be blessed, and you will find fulfillment. Amen. Jesus is calling his church to rise up and do his work, but not but the missing but but the missing piece is you. Jesus is calling. How many know that this is the church and the missing piece is you? That we need each other. There's strength in numbers. When you don't do your part, there's a piece missing to the puzzle, and the picture is not complete. We all need to do our part to accomplish the glory of God. Amen? Listen, when we as a church will never experience the fullness that God has for us if we don't do our part. We all have to do our part. How many of you ever have said this before? Well, so-and-so's got it under control. I don't need to do it. And so, therefore, that's a way of an excuse or a way out. Where What happens is when you make that excuse or that way out, you're forfeiting from the blessings that God has in store for you. And God wants you to be a part of the game. I used to hate sitting on the bench. You ask my brother, I hate it sitting on the bench playing basketball. I absolutely hate it. You know why? Because I never had an outcome of the game. We may have won or we may have lost, but sitting on the bench, man, I never got to feel the thrill of victory. Amen? It's because, why? Wow, I was on the bench. So I wasn't out there making the basket or making the pass or doing, getting a rebound. And so I was always there. Go ahead, Jeremiah. I was always there. I was always at the end. And let me remind you, listen, God has given you gifts. And next week we're talking about part two, about using the things that God has for you. The missing piece is you. The missing piece is you. God wants you to fill in the piece, to connect, to connect with one another, to tie. 
You know what unity stands for? Unity means you and I tie. Unity. That unity, you and I tie together. That we bind together. That, man, joining forces. You ever play the game, Red Rover, Red Rover, let Terry come over? And what do you do? You try to find the weakest link to run through the, the arms that are joined together. But if they can't break it, what do you do? He stays on your side. But if he breaks through, he takes one of you on the other side. You know what? When we join together, Red Rover, Red Rover, let the devil come over. Red Rover, Red Rover, let the world try to take us under. We're joined together. Pity the man who doesn't have a friend to pick him up when he falls. You see, that's what it's all about, that we join together. We make the picture complete for God. And as we make the picture complete for God, we're unveiling the image of Christ. We're unveiling the image of Christ. There is nothing more discouraging than to miss out on something so exciting. Don't be left behind. There is nothing more discouraging to be left out. Man. How many of you ever had this? And I close. How many of you ever had this before? Through the grapevine, you heard that so-and-so had a party. And when you heard that so-and-so had a party and you weren't invited, what happened to you? Why didn't I get invited? I thought that she was my friend. I thought that he was my friend. Why didn't I get invited? I mean, what's up with that? How many know what I'm talking about? And you get offended because, man, I, I didn't get invited to that party. I didn't get invited to that, that gig. I didn't get invited to the, going to the game. Man, I hear I was just sitting all at home by myself. I could have went out with what? And you got upset. It's the same way with God. It's the same way with God that you will always be upset if you're not fulfilling your purpose. You will never know what's going on with God if you're always on the sideline. The missing piece is you that we need to dive in. We all have a piece of the puzzle with God. Let's join together and make his image known for our church and our community. And next week, we're going to talk about how can we do that? Part two of Missing Piece You. How can I do my part? How can I be a part of what's going on in the kingdom of God? What did I say? 27% since 1999 suicide rate has gone up because they have no purpose in the church we should all work together we should all be busy for Christ just like the book of Acts because of the book of Acts working together they added 5,000 10,000 to the church daily because they were working together in one accord not working against each other but working with each other and there were strength in numbers will you stand with me today let me, let me just encourage you today what does God want you to do? What part can you play in the kingdom? The Bible says, though that win souls will shine like the stars forever. What part can you play? Are you the missing piece that maybe we can complete the picture? Maybe you have talents and abilities that I don't have or others don't have, and you could be the missing piece. We need people that do tech, technical stuff. We're getting ready to do live stream. Man, if you weren't here last week, we got a a $6,500 camera just by making a phone call somebody donated right off the bat so we can start doing live streams so you can see us live on the computer wasn't that awesome so we're going to start doing that Father I thank you for today I thank you Holy Spirit that we all play a part for the kingdom of God without us Lord God there's pieces missing and I pray that we all Lord God will accept the challenge to enlist to enlist in the service and into the kingdom of God to do your work. That, God, we won't sit on the sideline, murmur, and complain, but we'll get a part of the game and have an outcome of the game and have a say in the game. But, Father, if we're not given any skin and we're not doing our part, then we have no say. So, Father, I pray that today that, Lord, the missing piece is us. It's you. It's me. Whatever. And I pray that, God, we all get on board and do our part. Bless these individuals here today. May they sense, feel, and know the presence of God is with them. Now go with us, I pray, and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said this morning, now let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you today, and may the best team win. Amen. I really mean that. God bless you. Today. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. Well, it's finally here, the Adventure Church app. 
we invite you to download it by searching either Apple App Store or Google Play, or simply text AC Siren App, all one word, to 77977 to get a direct link. You can also check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.